Namaste. I'm Reverend Wendy Craig Purcell here at the Unity Center in beautiful San Diego. Thank you so much for subscribing to this channel. Please make sure that you like the video you've just watched and consider making a contribution on our app or on our website. It's really easy to do. And thank you in advance for that support. It does make a difference. Now I invite you to take a nice deep breath and then let that go. Let yourself be fully here together. We have a beautiful, beautiful piece of music that has become traditional for us for our Christmas Eve candlelighting service. And that is the singing of Ave Maria, I Believe. And that will be done by Jimmer Bolden and Natalie Decker.
my heart pounds every time I hear them sing like that so powerfully and so beautifully. It is my great joy to be with you this evening, to wish you a very, very Merry Christmas, to wish you back home. Those of you who live here in San Diego and have been part of our community, it feels so good to look out and see your faces. To those of you who have recently joined us and have been coming in, on Sunday mornings, welcome to you. It is a joy to be here together. And to those of you that maybe only come occasionally or this is your very first time, thank you for choosing to include us and this this gathering tonight as part of your Christmas Eve celebration. Christmas Eve is such a special time to me, and I take very much in my heart your willingness to share some of your holiday and celebrate Christmas with us. If you've never been here before or you've never tuned in before, my name is Wendy Craig Purcell. I am the minister here at the Unity Center and have been the minister here for a very, very long time. Um, we have wonderful people that I just want to quickly acknowledge right now that have put together our time together. You've been hearing J.R. Betts on piano. We have Josh Vasquez on guitar. We have have um, Kevin, Kevin Dow, how can I forget your name, Kevin, Kevin Dow on drums and Don Anderson filling in for Cecil McBee on bass today. We have Eduardo up in the sound booth making us all sound our very best and handling screens coming down when they're supposed to and screens going up when they're supposed to. Mike Bouguera up in the crow's nest making sure our live stream works and Jennifer Purcell making sure all the words match. Would you please acknowledge this team? Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you all. Would love to have you join us next Sunday for our big burning bowl um, New Year's Day service. And uh, there's information about that online, but I don't want to turn this into announcements. So I want to ask you to stand as we get ready, ready to do some singing together, to sing together, O Come All Ye Faithful. The words will be up in just a moment, and Jimmer and Natalie will make sure we sound really good. Oh, God. 
Wonderful, wonderful. Please be seated. The Christmas Story from Luke chapter 2, verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest rooms available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people today in the town of David. A Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth, peace to those on whom his favors rest. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Jocelyn Bolden. Thank you, sweetheart. You did a beautiful job.
And now it's my great joy to once again share our sanctuary, our platform, this time together with our former ministerial intern, now fully ordained, Reverend Ken Fendrick.
to live fully and love wastefully. This is a message from Bishop John Shelby Spong. The story of Christmas is told by the gospel writers has a meaning beyond the rational and a truth beyond the scientific. It points to a reality that no life touched by this Jesus could ever deny. The beauty of our Christmas story is bigger than our rational minds can embrace. For when this Jesus is known, when love, acceptance, forgiveness are experienced, when we become whole, free, and affirmed people, the heavens do sing glory to God in the highest, and on earth there is peace and goodwill among us all. Hence, we Christians rejoice in the transcendent beauty and the wonder of this beautiful Christmas story. To those who have never stepped inside this experience, we issue an invitation to come stand where we stand and look through our eyes at this babe of Bethlehem. Then perhaps they too will join those of us who read these Christmas stories year after year for one purpose only, to worship the Lord of life who still sets us free and who calls us to live, to love, and to be all that we can be. That is why the Christmas invitation is so simple. Come, let us adore him. How do we adore him? In my mind, the answer to that query is clear. I adore him not by becoming religious or by becoming a missionary who seeks to convert the world to my understanding of Jesus. I do it rather by dedicating my energies to the task of building a world where everyone in this world might have an opportunity, an opportunity to live more fully, to love more wastefully, and to have the courage to be all that they were created to be. This is the only way I know how to acknowledge the source of life, the source of love, and the ground of being that I believe I've experienced in this Jesus. How can one adore the source of life but by living? How can one adore the source of love except by loving? How can one adore the ground of all being except by having the courage to be all that one can be? It is not possible to seek these gifts for oneself and then deny them to every other life. So our task here as disciples of Jesus is to live fully, to love wastefully, and to be all that we can be while we seek to enable every other person, every other person in the infinite variety of our humanity to live fully, to love wastefully, and to be all that each person can be. This also means that we can brook no prejudice, no prejudice that would hurt or reject another based on any external characteristic, be it race and ethnicity, gender, or sexual orientation. In conclusion, Bishop Spong has simplified for us what it means to express from our Christ Center, to live fully, to love wastefully, and to be the best that we can be in each and every moment. God bless and namaste.
Did you know that there are angels in our midst? Can you hear them? Can you feel them? They're all around you, with you every day. Can you see them? Or do you look the other way? Well, it's that loved one you forgot to kiss as you hurried out the door. Or the stranger who said hello that you ignored. They are angels. We are angels. We are all angels who only have one wing. All angels searching for each other. Life gets busy, time goes by so fast. We rush through hurry days, never make the moments last. Stop and take the time to look around and see. There are sweet, sweet angels smiling back at me. Anywhere and anytime, if we open up our eyes, we see the love surrounding us, then we realize there are angels. We are angels. We are all angels. Yes, we're all angels searching for each other. All angels who cannot reach the sky. Cause we need, we need each other. We need each other to fly.
each other So much teaching, so much message in the songs, right? We need each other to fly. We are all angels with only one wing. We need each other to fly. Or Bishop Spong's words that Reverend Ken read so beautifully, that we are here to live fully and to love wastefully. You know, in recent times, there's a word that we've heard a lot more than I remember hearing years ago, and that word is conspiracy. Yeah, but I want to suggest that we could decide to be part of joining a conspiracy to love. A conspiracy to love. A conspiracy to love, to love wastefully. You know, before there were people who worshipped Jesus, there were people who did something that I think is far more difficult. There were people who really attempted to follow his essential teaching and message. That's a lot more difficult, I believe, than it is to worship to essentially follow his message. He wasn't the only one that talked of the importance of love. And I wouldn't say that he started necessarily a conspiracy to love, but I do believe he was about love. He challenged us to love God with all our mind, with all our heart, with all our soul, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Those were the greatest commandments. And so to me, to do that is to live within a conspiracy, the very best kind, a conspiracy to love. Before there were churches with doctrines and creeds and rules and rituals, and you got to do it this way, you got to pray that way. Before there was all of that, which sometimes, and I'm could get myself in trouble here, seems like nonsense to me. There were small groups of people, those same people who weren't about worshiping him, but gathered together trying to understand and remember him, and I believe most importantly, to remember his essential message, to love and to gather in community to try to understand how to do that and how to do that better. Hamilton Wright maybe said of the Christmas season, blessed is the season which engages the whole world in a conspiracy of love. As you are touched by Christmas and this season, I hope that you are inspired as am I to look ever more deeply into how to love better, to love more fully, to love more completely. You know, Jesus talked about us being the light of the world, right? And that 
the invitation was to do what with that light? You can talk to me, it's okay. <laughs> to, right, to let that light shine brightly. He said, you're the light. And he didn't say, you guys over here, but not you guys over there. He just It was a blanket statement. You are the light of the world. Don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly. Have you ever seen somebody really madly in love? Can you remember when you were madly in love? Maybe you are right now. Did you not shine? Did you not shine? Absolutely you did. Absolutely you did. And so really one of the ways that we can let that light shine ever so brightly is to join in this conspiracy of love. And to make it simple and yet maybe memorable, how do we do that? How do we join in a conspiracy to love? It is simple to identify, but it is a commitment to practice it. I think one of the things that we can do to be part of a conspiracy to love is to conspire to speak from love. Every one of us in this room, every one of us listening online, I think would agree that in recent years, we've gotten pretty mean-spirited sometimes in the way we speak, right? What if we said, we're not going to do that anymore, and we're going to, to invite, whenever we hear somebody else doing that, to say, can you take a, a pause? Can you take a breath? Can we shift this to a kinder way to speak? Can you join me in a decision to speak from love? Love speaks gently. Love speaks and lifts the other up. We, conspi we can conspire to see through the eyes of love. Go back to that memory of being in love. When you're first in love with somebody, you only see the good, right? Right? Even your best friends who may tell you, you know, you might want to watch out about this. You know, you might, you can't, you don't even hear it, right? You just see through the eyes of love. Those of you who have ever been a parent and held a, your baby, a baby in your arms, you see that baby through the eyes of love. You don't see a baby born in sin. At least I hope you don't. You see a baby born beautiful. You see a baby born with infinite possibilities because you are seeing how? Talk to me. Through the eyes of love. We can join in a conspiracy to love by conspiring to listen with the ears of love. How does love hear? Love listens between the lines, right? Love listens not just to the words, but love tries to listen between the lines, listen to maybe what's not being said. Love listens with the ears, if you will, of the heart. Love listens in such a way that the other wants to speak. That's a real gift to listen with the ears of love in such a way that the other wants to speak. We can join together in a conspiracy to love with a decision to serve with a heart of love. 
to keep our eyes open to where is there someone or something in our life that breaks our heart open, that we care about. It might be an issue in the world. It might be a neighbor. It might be a coworker. Would you not agree that there's more than enough pain and suffering to go around? There is. And would you not agree that even if you are at a place in your life where you're dealing with your own stuff, and maybe you've got a heavy heart, or you feel like there's something not right, that when you can crawl up out of that smaller dimension of yourself and can serve and extend yourself with a heart toward another, that somehow your pain and suffering lessens a little bit? Of course it does. Of course it does. There are so many ways that we can choose to join in a conspiracy of love. We use that word so often, and we use it often very indiscriminately. I'm certainly guilty of it. I love dark chocolate. <laughs> Some of you as well. I love my daily contribution to peace on the planet. That is my cup of coffee in the morning. It is my daily contribution to peace on the planet. I'm a nicer person if I have a, But I use the word love. And then I say, but when I look at my son Jonathan, or I look at my husband John, or my daughter Jennifer, and I say, I love you, am I really saying like dark chocolate? Like coffee? No, I'm not really saying that. And I know you know what I'm talking about. I know each of us in this room has a better angel within us. And that's not to say we're not already doing good work. That's not to say we're not already practicing being the best that we can be. But I do believe, as people who are committed to spiritual growth and to spiritual evolution, that we recognize that there's always a way that we can get better. There's always a way that we can be more loving. And perhaps one of the best places to start is with somebody somewhat close to you that rubs you the wrong way. All right? Somebody that you would consider to be a bit of sandpaper to yourself. Don't go try to love the most complicated, difficult person on the planet. But who in your life doesn't bring out the best in you? Who in your life is like, sandpaper to your soul. With that person, could you find a deeper place inside of yourself to love a little more wastefully, a little more fully, to speak from love one more time than you have in the past, to listen through the ears of love in a way that maybe you haven't ever before? To me, if we are willing to take even baby steps toward doing that, even baby steps toward doing that, then we are really being people who are about the teaching of this man Jesus that we celebrate Christmas about. That we're not about worshiping something distant and afar, but that we are willing to say, I understand what you said, when they will know that you are my students, that you are my disciples, by how well you love one another. That's, 
that's the litmus test by how well we love one another. So I hope that there's one or two ideas in either what I've said to you this evening or what you've heard in one of the lines in the songs or a piece that Reverend Ken read that you resonate with and that you'll take home and that will be your, your Christmas message gift tonight. God bless you. Namaste. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to do something we haven't done in this way for a while, and that is we are going to actually pass the basket and do an offering like we do in the old days. And during the time that the basket will be passed, um, uh, Natalie and Jimmer will come back to bless us with some music before we do our, our candlelighting portion of our service. You're welcome to give in any way that feels right to you. You're also welcome online or in the sanctuary. You can always text a gift if that's easier for you, and you do that by taking your phone out, by in the two line, clicking in or typing in the numbers 94,000, and then clicking the word basket. Whatever you choose to give, know that it is much appreciated and only, only only give if it feels right to you and only from your heart. Let us take the gifts that we want to share and hold them in our hands as we bless them with this offering statement, this affirmation. Divine love flowing through me blesses and multiplies all that I am, all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. And join me if you know the words. Divine love flowing through me blesses and multiplies all that I am, all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. And so it is. Amen.
Decker and Jim Bold and Soul Notes fan. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So the lights are going to be dimming here pretty soon. Take out your candle. It's time for us to light these together. And as you do, it is my, it is my hope that it's not just a mechanical lighting of the candle, but as you light your candle, that you'll be thinking about how you might personally step into being involved in a conspiracy to love. I'm confident that something crossed your mind or moved in your heart as a way for you to be involved in a conspiracy of love. I hope that will be ignited and symbolized when you light your candle. If I can have the ushers come forward.
I'd like to invite everyone to sing along with me. So I invite you to stand carefully with your candle and just look around for a moment from one lit candle, so much love and light and beauty. Thank you for choosing to join in a conspiracy of love. May you feel peaceful, joyful, blessed, and loved this Christmas. Namaste. This concludes our service, our candle lighting service at the Unity Center for 2023. And as you walk out the doors, may hope, faith, peace, love, and joy be with you all. Namaste.